boy. This is Leafs Lake. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup. Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Veener, and Gardy Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Woo! Well, he might be a game time decision, actually, but I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I feel like he's a healthy scratch tonight. I feel like he's gonna enjoy his Father's Day. Yeah, Happy Father's Day, everybody. Um, everybody's kind of festivities went late, so uh, it is about twenty after eleven right now when Darty and I are hopping on. Tried to get everybody together, but uh, you know it's hard to hard to predict when family stuff's gonna end. You know, it's uh, you say it's over by eight, but then. Get the wine out, or you know, depending on your family, a couple J's, and you know, couple. <laughs> I don't know. Nah, it's, nah, nah, nah. it's Ontario. <laughs> it's Father's Day. I don't know how people celebrate. I'm sure my dad and I, if I was back home, I'm not gonna cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Been <laughs> listening to the Sunny and Philly podcast. Sorry, so, stole some, from them. Some wobbly pops. Some uh, some uh, wacky backy. <laughs> Some wacky backy. That's a good one. Uh, so welcome back. It's Leafs Late Night. Um, like I said, happy Father's Day to all the Fajas out there. Um, and Faja figures. Uh, so... George Michael, I think. Is <laughs> oh, George Michael. That reminds me of also watching Arrested Development again right now. Fantastic show. Oh, it's so good. You're watching Rest Hockey, Development? Though. That's right. Yeah, George, yeah. I guess the Blues, right? Yeah, George Michael. The, okay. <laughs> right. And they, there's the point where they're like, he says he doesn't want to go by George Michael anymore because they cut to like a news clip of George Michael getting arrested. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. And then uh, they're like, well, how about Boy George? And then it cuts to a clip of Boy George getting arrested for like the same thing. <laughs> so good. Uh, I just like David Cross in that show, you know, as a uh, Tobias <laughs> Funk. The analropist. <laughs> I blew <laughs> he's myself. Fantastic. He's so so good. I'm on the where he's in prison, and this is a joke that I didn't catch before because I wasn't hip on the lingo. Thank you uh, to my girlfriend in RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, but when uh, when he kills White Power Bill, <laughs> and they, uh, they're, they're right. They're like, oh, you killed you killed White Power Bill. It's like the Wicked Witch is dead. I'll hail Dorothy. And then they start calling him Dorothy. And then everybody's like friends of Dorothy. And then now I pick up like, oh, it's another Tobias's gay joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all the little things. There's anyway, so many hockey. like little references in that show, though. But like that, I that just completely go over my head. Like I still I still don't understand. Like, I don't know if they're just like in jokes with the show or if there's like other, you know, tangents, these jokes that I'm just not aware of. But like, like the whole the whole thing with like Mary Poppins or whatever. Like every time they go into like Little England or whatever, or Little Britain or whatever, if fucking Mary Poppins is fall, fall, like I don't get it. Is that like the Poppins exactly? Like I'm like, what? Like is that just like a? <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny. Like I said, I've seen this show so many times, and like that's the first time I picked up on the Dorothy joke. So there's always something new. But I I've never really gotten the basis of the Dorothy or the uh, sorry the the Poppins joke. How every time he's in Little Britain. There's, oh, it's like whatever time it is when like the poppins happens and it just comes down the zip line and hits him. <laughs> I said, like, if it's just like a joke written for the show as an inside joke or if there's like some sort of like, I don't just, it doesn't make sense. But at the same time, it's fucking hilarious. It happens every single time, right? Like without feeling yeah. like, 
But back to well, hockey, I don't, right? I know we talked. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a fun rumor came out that uh, Dubas may be interested in signing Vili Huso in the three to four million dollar range. I mean, we kind of speculated a bit about this, but we've also thrown a lot of goaltender names around. So uh, this is a name that I I almost didn't want to get excited about, but it is a goaltender that excites me. I think um, he's proven, even though in, it's only been his season, but uh, I think he's proven to be a solid, uh, solid tendy in the absence of Bennington, those few stretches he took over. So I don't know. What do you think of Darty? Every goaltender that has made it past the first round <laughs> is acceptable for Dubis at this point. Like, and I'm not saying oh, yeah. that as a personal opinion, what I am saying is that if you look at like all the, the crazy, you know, frothing at the mouth fans, like everybody, like I, there's a, the, like I joke that we should pick up, like if we could, like we should make a trade for Mike Smith, but uh, there's definitely people who want <laughs> Mike Smith. Like I, as much as I like, you know, I, I'm just, throwing shit on the wall and just seeing what sticks like there's absolutely there's absolutely mike smith stands who think that he should come to toronto just like there's probably brian elliott fans right now be like yeah he's a good new market boy he should <laughs> i'm pretty sure mike smith is going to retire like i don't think he's going to play it's uh, last i heard was that um edmonton had asked both him and duncan keith like let us know if you're going to play or not please by like you know the end of the week so we can make a decision here so i mean Maybe, maybe he just doesn't want to play at Edmonton again and he uh, finishes that year somewhere else. But it would have to be a trade because he is signed for next year with Edmonton for another $2 million. Like, okay, so since we got a good point here and we want to kind of keep the show interesting, like, let's talk tendies, right? Like, what is our, like, what is a realistic tendy situation right now? Like, why, why can't we sign Jack Campbell? What, like, what is so got awfully wrong about signing jack to what is it does he not want five million are we not giving him five million what's the story here what's the scoop basically from what i can put together at least if they're looking at three to four million for hugh so it's it's the fact that they have to move on from morazic and they need the space to have a backup and it, it might be the term and um the actual dollars that campbell's agents looking for um, it's got to be somewhere between five and six and for a number of years that uh, the Dubas isn't interested in doing. And I think the market for him is there. And that's the reason. Like, I think that there are other teams that will pay Jack more than the Leafs are able to. I think that's what it comes down to. It's just. And, and look, he he's made not a lot of money. He's 30 years old now. He proved finally that he can be a starting goaltender. And I think. He wants to get paid. It's just like, you know, we had with Zach Hyman where he just got too good and uh, we weren't able to afford it. And I think that's just the reality of uh, paying four guys the percentage of the cap that they are right now. It's people are going to play themselves out of town and you got to find the next deal every year. It's going to be cycling through people. And then other scary thoughts here. We're talking about, you know, what we're seeing right now with Andre Vasivlevsky. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe like, again, I don't know who I'm for or against. That's why I'm kind of playing, you know, idiots advocate here. I don't. I want to say devil's advocate, but I'm not. I'm just. I'm just trying to throw points out. <laughs> so, advocating for the rest of the the peanut gallery. Um, seeing what we've seen with Andre Vasilevsky, then, then of course it doesn't make sense to pay Jack. You know, just it, like I know a lot of people are gonna. Like, I would be. I'm pretty freaking pissed if I lost Jack Campbell because I actually like Jack Campbell. It's like the first goaltender I really enjoyed watching in a long time since maybe. 
Ed Belfour, Curtis Joseph. I don't want to put Jack too high on a pedestal yet, but at the same time, like I, he's so lovable. But seeing again, seeing what's going on with Andre Vasilevsky right now, like you have to. Maybe we need that money for better defense, or maybe we need that money for multiple goaltenders because it doesn't look like like if you're Tampa right now, you're not putting Brian Elliott in. Like, not that I have a problem with Brian Elliott. He said, "Good new market, good new market lad, <laughs> man." Boy, is, is he 38 or 39? I know he's not 40 yet. There's no way he's Mike Smith uh, 40. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but at the same time, like maybe. Like, say, looking at Tampa, they have Andre Vasilevsky, who, yeah, 37. who last week could do no wrong. And even though we beat him 5 nothing in the first game. But now it's like Tampa, like Tampa's, even though they lost to the Rangers in the same, like, not in a similar fashion, but they're down two games to nothing. It just doesn't feel the same right now, right? Like, does feel like that Tampa team's kind of weak. So say if we're Toronto coming in and we really want to take this seriously, we go to the finals. Who like if we don't have an Andre Vasilevsky, like what 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 would we need realistically to to get to the finals and beat a team like the Avalanche? I don't think the Avalanche are going away next year. Sorry, this yeah, question I, took so long, but no, 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 no. And I think there's there's a couple questions in there that we can kind of circle back to. But to to kind of focus on the goaltender part, you know, how much can the Leafs afford to spend on a starter and a backup to uh, still be able to afford the pieces that they're going to have to replace year by year that are going to you know price themselves out like we're seeing currently with Ilya Mikheyev. So I think that's what it comes down to is they can't wrap too much money up in any one position outside of the core four plus Riley because they need to keep their options open for filling in these rotating roles. So I don't know if Shalgren's going to be the, the the backup and if you can pull in Huso, but really that's two very inexperienced NHL goalies. Like one that played a couple games as a emergency call up and uh, the other one that kind of played half a season. So I don't know. I don't like, uh, I don't like that um, idea. I guess like my question is implying that this, this finals is going to be a sweep. Like it's just, it's crazy. Like seven nothing against Andre Vasilevsky. I thought because I didn't watch the game, I was listening to some of it. I thought that maybe he got pulled, and at some point Elliot was playing. No, Vasilevsky stayed in for seven goals. Right, like that's that's Patrick Watt territory at that point. Right, like I'm sure he wanted to stay in. Like there's, I was listening to Freege and I was listening to Dangle, and I'm I'm pretty sure one of those shows mentioned that like Vasilevsky's the kind of kind of prick that's like no 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 no. i'm sticking in here and you're not pulling me out whereas like obviously in the patrick Waugh situation he was kind of like cheese that you had to stay in for seven seven goals right <laughs> but like looking okay so looking forward to next year right it's like you know we have to prepare ourselves because we can't again you can't put all your money into one position but if you're not gonna have like you can't are we saying darcy kemper is better than andre vasilevsky here because i don't think so God, no exactly so you're going to need two tendies. Like you're going to need two solid te- goaltenders at this point because we're not spending we can't spend more than 4 million, right? Yeah. And I think what you'll see is a Villa Huso type in the 3 to 4 million range like Dubas has already come out and mentioned or whoever it is that leaked that. And uh pardon me. And uh you'll see a backup somewhere on like league min or just above like in the 1.5 or under range, like somebody who's uh, unproven, but has had a couple good showings. 
I mean, it'll be interesting to see what he picks up. I think there's a lot available out there, but honestly, I, I can't speculate any more than that because A, I've been working, and B, it's still before the draft and everything. So, And then again, looking at how things are right now, we can't lose the goal scoring. Like, we can't, like, if you're going to be in any of these, you know, one, two, three, or finals, like, you're you're going to need the the guns going at all times, right? Like, especially, like, we're not in the West, but those those series in the West, regardless of whether you want to say those goaltenders were sibs or not, like, look at Andre Vasilevsky, maybe they're not, maybe the goaltending wasn't, it wasn't just a sib fest. Like, maybe those teams are that great at scoring goals. But it's, like, what's our, what's our, like, if, if, if we're not changing too much with our core, then looking at defense, like, do we, we need we need to kill Makar? <laughs> do, do we not? We need more goal. We need more goal scoring defensemen at this point. Yeah, and I mean, I, Riley has had a good season. He kind of comes and goes year by year. Like one year he'll he'll be really good offensively, and the next year he kind of uh, cools down a little bit. So hopefully he finds some consistency there. But look, if it means bringing in like um, like Beaner and I have both kind of, I mean, I wanted him at the deadline, and Beaner's kind of brought it up more seriously lately, but. Um, Oh my God, his name is slipping on me. I was hoping I would think of it while I was stalling for time. La, it's that la, guy on Arizona. La, for time, Chikrin. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Ch 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 Chikrin. Ch 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 Chikrin. Chikrin pet. So I think I'm impressed that I got that and you didn't. Like not the chia pet thing. The fact that I was able to know shit. Like I don't consider myself like the vast knowledge of of hockey names. All right. Like after there's a lot of gray area. Like a lot, a lot, a lot of things I gotta hook up the old phone for so you know i'm gonna pat my shoulder there that i knew something that you forgot tonight <laughs> yeah that was that was impressive i'll give you that one um i'll give you a little thing um so somebody like that or i mean i'd have to look at who's out there again it's been uh it's been a while since i've been intently following this with the um, fantasy hockey being over and the leafs being out it's hard to keep track of everything and be fresh on it but um I think there's options out there to bolster that side of it. Um, I think keeping Giordano really helps as far as uh, training the younger guys. Like he's shown with um, with Lilligren this season since the deadline. Uh, I, I think if you can get more confidence out of Sandine this season, uh, unfortunately he was injured for a lot of the end of this year, but I think if he steps up, you could really uh, get a lot of offense out of him. He showed quite a bit of that in the games he was able to play, so... I don't know. There's there's options there at low price. I think he's just got to get really creative. It's hard to guess anything Dubas is going to do because it always comes so out of left field. Yeah, and he, and again, like he's the analytics guy. So like whatever we think that we're figuring out on our cell phones or our, our PCs or whatnot, this guy's got an entire team to figure this out, right? So you know, if we're gonna go left, he's gonna go, you know a little bit further left than us yeah <laughs> yeah if there's anybody on the top 50 trade bait boards it's not going to be any of them mm-hmm. you can guarantee like he's out there looking for tom brady's you know like he's trying to find yeah. that guy that's you know going to get drafted in the sixth round <laughs> well look it's like andre vasilevsky wasn't even the first player that tampa picked in the first round there so you know sometimes these things just happen <sighs> so um what should we talk about next it's just like again, like I'm still. Com- it's hard for me to not want to talk about what's going on with Tampa, just because. Okay. Our loss, that, our, sorry, our loss here. to Tampa was so bitter. Oh, sorry. 
Th this. That brings in this question. We might as well sh wrap this question we got on Twitter into this. So uh, poets underscore Scotia. Thanks, Scott from New York. Asks, uh, well, kind of, yeah, asks, based on two games in the finals, where would the Leafs be better than the Avs and uh, what has to be done to address where they would fail? So I think that kind of loops into what we were talking about. And say in a fantasy world where everything was great, the Leafs made it past Tampa and then continued to make it all the way to the finals against Colorado. How would they be doing right now uh, positively and what needs to be addressed? Because ultimately, even if they do make it past the first round, that's not the Stanley Cup. They have yeah. to make it all the way here and face whether it's Calgary or Colorado or you know Minnesota or St. Louis or whoever it is that comes out of there next year. If the Leafs can pull it off, you know, they still have to do that. So, you know, can I, what can I preface our vision of the Leafs right now by saying that regardless of how we viewed them for the past five, 50 years, <laughs> but past five years, is that when you're talking about a Leafs team that's made it past the first round, you're not talking about a Leafs team that we know. And I'm talking about even the, like just these, this, the core four. As soon as these guys make it past, the first round there's a level of i feel like almost in a video game fashion these guys will like something's gonna something's going to, to completely change about them that we haven't seen because they haven't made it past the first round right so especially considering the following right like everything that has happened in their past and all of the woes and what you know the curse if they make it past the first round the team that that will be going to the finals will not i don't think will be fundamentally mentally the same team um, like if we're going to talk about, oh, if it's the Leafs, you know, the Leafs instead of Tampa, like we'd, we'd still realistically be thinking like the Leafs that have, you know, failed many times. But I feel like I said, okay, once so they make it past that first round, it's a different Leafs team. I think I think those guys will think of things and play things completely different because there's so much that was riding on them to fail. Right. Because of all the years of failure. I know that's weird to say, but hopefully you can grasp what i'm trying to say no 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 and i but what i think is important to kind of think about is the team that played through the regular season broke franchise records i mean matthews is the first leaf to win the rocket richard trophy so if we're talking about breaking out of a mindset that's weighing over them imagine it's the team that we saw leading through the regular season like that version of the leafs are what are going up against colorado so exactly exactly a, that's the perfect scenario right so what do you think would be the positives and what do you think would be the negatives? Personally, I think like one-to-one -one Matthews and Marner against Landis Gog and McKinnon, I think Matthews and Marner would be able to hold their own if not be, not get the edge. Like I think they're better. I don't watch a lot of Colorado because we only play them twice a year, but oh, also I have to, I kind of slighted Edmonton earlier when I was naming teams that could make it to the cup final from the West. Sorry, Edmonton, if any Edmonton fans are listening. Um, but I think they'd be able to hold their own against uh, the top line there. Um, I think Kadri on the second line center against Tavares would be really interesting to watch for seven games or potentially seven games. Uh, I think Kale McCarr would be hard to contain because the Leafs don't often go up against somebody like that. But I think yeah, I thought that would be our biggest issue is dealing with like you know the next Bobby Orr pretty much. Yeah, we don't have anybody like that. Like I'm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but just there's nobody that's, you know, I know Bean really loves Lilligren, but <laughs> he's not on Bobby Orr territory right now, and neither is Gio, so. No, I'm just kind of going front to back. I think as far as depth goes, um, Colorado would have the edge 
for the third and fourth line. Um, I think defensively, unless Sandine's back in the lineup and Muzzin's, you know, if we're getting to the finals, there's no way Muzzin's even close to 75% healthy. So that's tough. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing that scares me, right? Goaltending wise, I think Campbell has the edge over Kemper. I mean, look, I, I, I've mentioned this a million times. I had both of them as my goalies through all of the fantasy season. And uh, Campbell's numbers were better. So I think if you put Jack in the finals over Vasilevsky, who has already been there twice, it's a different story. Because again, like Vasilevsky, both Jack and Vasilevsky, from everything that I've heard, have faced mental goalie yips, I guess. Moments of just absolutely shitting the bed. As I'm sure most players have. All but goalies, like we, all but, players, yeah. But we've noticed it rec- more recently rather than than not and uh i think igor too and i and i think with jack though is that vasilevsky right now again he's already got two cups he just got dumped on seven nothing but like again like it's it's a different story when jack goes there because if jack's going there he's going there breaking the curse being the goalie to do that right because lord knows how much we shit on goaltending for the past 20 years you know we i said we've had eddie the eagle we had cujo We've had we've had uh, Vesitoskala, right? So like the, yep. <laughs> you know, we had the curse the of Reimer Bernier duo. Reimer Bernier. We had the curse of uh, uh, what's his name, Tukarask and Pogi, and oh. it's like it's like if if Jack's the one to take us to the next level, like I think seeing him in the finals, like he has more to fight for than Vasilevsky right now, and that's why um, I I would believe that he would do a lot better than Vasilevsky is doing currently. However their defense is far greater than ours. Like the, I, I, that's my, my take is that like, I think if when we have to compare Tampa's defense against the Avs defense to our defense against the Avs defense, Tampa should be a hell of a lot better defensively. So a guy like, you know, Kale McCarr with the, his sneaky moves would probably destroy us a little bit more. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Just from the clips that I've seen, because I haven't watched a ton of the playoffs, uh, it looks like Tampa's taken more of a beating outside of Kadri um, through their run to the end uh, versus Colorado. So I think, like, I know Hedman's hurt and kind of playing injured. So I don't know. There could be things like that involved. But I do think uh, I agree that Tampa's defense should be better. But, oh, my God, are they not right now? I think the Leafs... Uh, would come in third there though, but I th- oh here's here's my next my next point is that um, I think that our big guys would be because they're younger maybe I don't know again I'm not the stats guy I'm not the guy with the numbers but call me wrong but I think our big guys that we have would probably be doing a little bit more damage than Tampa's right now too like our heavy hitters even yeah e- even our giraffe would be doing some kicking i think if he'd uh make it to the finals i don't know <laughs> yeah i think they'd still have the energy to keep up physically with uh with colorado but yeah i think where they would they would fall apart is they've never gone up against somebody like kale mccarr for an extended period of time mm-hmm. and i don't think they would have an answer for it um i just defensively i think they're all a little young and inexperienced and i don't think they'd be able to contain the amount of offense that colorado is able to throw like first to fourth line so and their defense i just i don't think it would happen there so what really needs to be addressed is it's it sucks with the leaves because it's like a roll of the dice right like they got lucky this year in finding a couple of these guys but some of them are gonna you know walk to free agency 
um, and they're going to have to replace them. And hopefully the people that they replace them with are, uh, are good because <laughs> look, he, we can only hope, right? We can cause only my hope God, like, look, Nick Ritchie was thankfully flipped into Ilya Labushkin, but Arizona can only pick up everybody's garbage for so long. Like soon enough, they're not going to have anybody good to trade for, uh, these garbage pieces. Arizona is like, like if if you're playing like a a long game of Monopoly and there's that one buddy who just knows he's gonna hit Boardwalk and lose all of his change and he's just like you know what, fuck the guy who owns Boardwalk. I'm just gonna give you all of my pro. I'm gonna sell it to you at a discount. You just take all my property and you try to win and beat the guy who owns Boardwalk. <laughs> I feel like we need a, a clock that says like time since we last talked about the Arizona Coyotes. Because it's just it's crazy how relevant they are. It's like saying like it's like I don't know, like they're 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 really the talk of the town, right? Because of all the shit that's going on, even though like I don't think I ever thought about the Arizona Coyotes two years ago. No. (laughs) But it's not for it's Um, not a good thing. They're infamous, I would say. They're not they're not popular, that's for sure. (laughs) Just to stay on the leaves for a few more minutes before we move on to something else here. Um what what pieces do you want to see them pick up in the off season or not not like names per se but just something that's missing that would help them beat the abs theoretically it's it's a you know i don't want to i don't want to say anything that sounds too stupid or too typical but at the same time like you know that's the kind of leafs fan that i am because i'm not the uh i'm not the huge fantasy nerd and i don't know i don't look into um all the young guys coming in. But what I will tell you is this, is that like, I'm a run it back guy. I really truly believe that there was a, there was like, I hate thinking that's like, Oh, the fix is in, but we were so fucking close, Johnny. We were so goddamn close. And I don't think we were that much worse than that Tampa team. I think if, you know, a couple, couple, couple good bounces and that series is ours. Like, and, and then I said, the world's your oyster. So what do we need to pick up? We just need to, we need to make sure that when it comes, when it comes to guys like, like Jack or anybody that we love, that we are making the right decision for now to win now. And, but at the same time, nothing that fucks us over too much in the future. Right. And so that's where. I really hope that Dubis does, you know, because you can you can buy everything you want up into the cap, and you know we could turn we could turn into Vegas pretty quickly. But like, this is tough for Dubis. Like, like what's more important right now is is defense more important than goaltending, or goaltending more important than defense? Because I don't think we need any more sharpshooters. We got every, we got you know the goal scorers that we have just need to score more goals. That's as, <laughs> as stupid as it is. So realistically, he needs to still continue need to figure out more ways to make our defense solid and if he can somehow fandangle away to go that Mrazic contract and you know if we keep jack great if we don't find someone who can realistically replace jack i don't know but sorry about the word soup but that's just like <laughs> oh no that <laughs> word soup soup um so uh it's it's father's day i'm allowed to make dad jokes what uh, what percentage of confidence do you have in Eric Schalgren as 
the backup goalie to whoever the Leafs end up with, whether it's Jack or Huso or Gibson or whoever. Are you asking me or do you want to answer this? No, what's what's your level of confidence? Well, I'm glad that this is the follow up question because then it makes my word salad make more sense. Why I don't have why I understand the salad. (laughs) I'm a chef. Why I don't have any names for you either is because like I actually kind of want I'm a sick son of a gun. All right. I actually kind of want to see the Leafs struggle a little bit. I want to see them fight for it. And because we all know that they can win in the regular season. Right. We all know like like if you have Austin Matthews and John Tavares and William Nylander and Mitch Marner. You should be able to win, you know, more than 50% of your games. All right. There should be, <laughs> there should be a way for you to sneak into the playoffs every year if you have those guys. Uh, and uh, looking at the goaltending situation, like that's why I'm like said, scratch my neck a little bit, create a rash. Like I am worried, but at the same time, like I wouldn't mind seeing them struggle with Shalgren and maybe Wall or, you know, uh, Morazic. Like I don't, I don't think we're getting rid of Morazic, right? But we definitely have, we definitely lose Jack if we can't sign him. So, it's like I'm I'm not scared to see what we can do in front of mediocre goaltending for a little bit until we can figure things out. Look, like if we I mean, go, if we lose 10, if we go on a 10 game shit street, you know, shit, shit slide. I understand that we'll have to fucking make some decisions. But if we win, you know, 70 percent of those games with, you know, shit tier goaltending, then it leaves it gives us a lot of options, does it not? Yeah, that was uh, called February, March, and April for the Leafs, where Jack and Orazic were both at like a sub 900, but they were still winning. Like, they were winning every game, like seven to five. Like, the Leafs proved they can win regardless of the level of goaltending they have behind them. Like, they'll win three nothing, or they'll win, like, what was it, nine seven or ten to seven, whatever that stupid Detroit game was. Like, look, if these guys want to be a bunch of babies and be like, oh, they don't want to get us a good goaltender, wah, then like, then, then, then you're going to get the same Leafs fans who have been here for the past 20 years. But if we if we get into a, some goalie stalemate where we can't figure out who's going to be, you know, we can't find a Jack guy, Jack goes, Jack leaves, and, you know, we're stuck with Shalgren and Wall, these guys should, you know, not be crybabies about it. They should give go out there, do their darndest, and, again, if they – if they're absolute sieves and we go on a slide because they can't, you know, they're losing games six, five. <laughs> then oh, I understand like, that. We're I understand. not talking, we're not talking these guys as starters. There's no way Shulgren or Waller are, are going to be like the duo. Like Dubas is going to sign somebody, but I'm just talking like, is he going to sign two people? Like, is he going to replace Morazic and Campbell if he loses them? Because like, as we've barely seen what the guys in the system can do, but I mean, you're not going to unless you give them a shot. So maybe this is the year where it's, you know, spend a couple mil on a starter with like three or four, like we're talking about. And, you know, you rotate through Shalgren, Wall, and please, Aktiamov. I was going to say, bring in Aktiamov if we can. Like, why wouldn't we? Yeah, I think you got to start bringing in the guys you drafted and prove that you've made some good picks for a change, unlike the last 20 years outside of a handful. Um, and, uh, you know, win some hockey games. Speaking of, I guess, like thinking of regressions now, like how's, um, do we have any updates on Rodian Amirov? No, I haven't seen anything, but I haven't been looking for that specifically. I hope he gets better. All right. Like I wish nothing but the best for that kid. Cause like me too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, between, uh, to talk about other guys in the system, we've got Robertson, Nyes, Steves, Niemela, um, 
the other uh oh my god there's that guy the that, that bean was really one that that was there's like topi niamala and roni hirvanen i know bean are screaming it sorry i got it i got there i found it uh <laughs> so there's a lot of guys in the system um and i'm sure we'll get as we get closer to the uh, draft here we'll have bean or break down a bunch more of them but uh yeah i think there's a lot of promise if they can bring these guys into the lineup. I just don't know how reliable that is. Like, is it like we've been talking about, you know, you got to go for it. Do you put these guys in and hope that they're good, like unproven, or do you move them for people that are like, I hate to do that, but like, you know, what kind of headspace do you got to go into with Johnny? What is your confidence in Eric Schalgren? That's what I want to know. Like, cause <laughs> I'm the I'm a psychopath. Like I, I I have actually a lot of confidence in Shalgren, and even if he shits the bed, I kind of want to like I saw I saw I, what he pulled last year, so I, w- I want to see him do it again. You know, look, he was in net the game that we went to. Um, Prince Eric uh, was good. I liked him. I know Beaner, who's a goalie, has more uh, distrust in him, which I kind of I trust more because he is a goalie. But uh, I don't know. I'd give him a shot. There's different sized goalies out there and different styles of play that work. So I don't hate it. He's in the system for a reason. Like he would, he played NHL games and won. So yeah. Uh, in other news, Pete Bower was just hired by the Dallas Stars. Uh, we also had Bar- uh, uh, what's his name? John Tortorella finally hired by the Philadelphia Flyers. That was made official, even though we've been talking about it for weeks. And, and here I thought Torts would just be like a, you know, a TV guy for the rest of his life. Oh, he's so bad at it. <laughs> oh, God. They just get him off TV. Uh, and then I'm sure we'll hear that uh, they haven't announced Trots to Winnipeg yet, right? I think that's still not a thing. But remember, there okay. was the. Uh, you know, he'll get free beer for life or something. He's getting the yeah. Kawhi deal if he comes. <laughs> he doesn't even yeah, want anything. They'll give him free beer. Uh, the other weird thing I want to talk about is this Shea Weber contract deal. It's just the stupidness of this stupid league. And it's stupid is this rules. is this what they were arguing about on on the Dangle podcast about how like it's just, you know, the bonehead, yeah. the boneheadedness of, of all of this, right? Like how it's just so silly that this is the system that we, you know, we have decided is okay, you know? Yeah. And I mean, they talked a lot about, you know, the term loophole and how this is a loophole that is being taken advantage of. But something they didn't talk about uh, that I wanted to touch on is the fact that Arizona tried to acquire the Shea Weber contract back at the deadline. And Bettman said no, because it wasn't in the spirit of the rules, basically, to uh, paraphrase him and Daly. Um, because Arizona would be acquiring Shea Weber's contract to hit the cap floor, even though he's only owed, um, like you said, they talked about in the Dangle show, uh, he's only owed a couple million a year. So it's easy for Arizona to pay and it helps them, you know, avoid paying other guys more money. And Bettman said, no, 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 that's not how this works. Meanwhile, on the flip side of that, you have Vegas, who decided they were going to spend like a hundred and something million dollars on contracts when the salary cap is like 84 and get themselves in a pickle where they missed the playoffs. Now they have a bunch of guys that are <coughs> injured and they need relief, but they're allowed to pick up Shea Weber's contract because that's totally okay. That's in line with the rules, but Vegas or um, 
Arizona doing it to do the opposite isn't. Like, I just, I don't understand. And on top of it, Shea Weber, for all intents and purposes, is fucking retired. He's never going to play again. Like, this contract shouldn't be allowed to move around for the sake of making the salary cap make sense. And then I'll just say, oh, yeah, well, this is this is fair and part of the rules. Is this really what you wanted? Is, is this is this what you had in mind when you wrote these rules up? I just like this, 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 the whole, like, it wasn't in the spirit of the game. <laughs> yeah. And the whole other side of it is, why does Evgeny Dadunov not want to go to Anaheim, but he wants to go to Montreal? That doesn't make sense to me either. Maybe he really likes, like, again, like, I haven't been to Los Angeles, so, like, I haven't been to Anaheim, so I haven't, uh, I don't know about their strip clubs, but I'll tell you right now, the Montreal strip clubs, you know, that's, <laughs> I was, I was a, a young uh, garçon when I was <laughs> back over there and uh, maybe dad not wants to spend some time with the Rippers, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so maybe he just wants to go there. And I mean, you, it could be totally right. Maybe it's just the Rippers, but uh, maybe he <laughs> wants to go play with Shane Wright or uh, whoever it is that Montreal may pick with their first overall pick. But I just had to look to confirm Anaheim is in fact in but, LA. I didn't know like, that. You, Maybe he really wants to play with Cole Caulfield, right? Like, like, and for Marty St. Louis, like, I mean, there are yeah. some attractive things about it, but like, you don't hear, like, really, when you hear there's a 10 team no trade clause, it's usually all of the Canadian teams and then like Buffalo and Arizona. So the fact that Anaheim was one of them is weird. So maybe Dadunov didn't have all the Canadian teams, maybe Montreal wasn't on his no trade list. Like that's he's totally like, possible. He's looking at he's looking at his he's looking at his paperwork. He's like, ah, bliat. <laughs> or uh, maybe he just didn't know Montreal was in Canada. Not accusing. I'm just saying, you know, maybe he's not from North America. Maybe he didn't know. <laughs> cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Maybe he just again. Like I think I was I was listening to, I think it was Fridge and Merrick saying that maybe he just didn't realize that that was ever gonna happen. You know, like he he thought that he would get away with it. Like he didn't think that they would. They, there's any chance they would possibly send to Montreal anyways. That's why he didn't include it. And then, you know, Vegas like, ha ha, we got you, fucker. <laughs> yeah, because there's, there's nobody they could possibly want from Montreal or nobody Montreal would get rid of. Ha ha. Oh. Joke's on you. Shea Weber's contract. Tabarnak. So, um, good, good start for, um, I forget his name already. The new GM in Montreal. <laughs> I don't know it either. I'm just we're gonna let's do a quick Google search. GM. The Montreal. general manager formerly known as Mark Bergevin. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Is this Kent Hughes? Kent Hughes, thank you. So Kent Hughes is doing a great job of cleaning up the mess that uh, Bergevin left him behind. Uh Dadnov's a great pickup, I think. Um on top of having the first overall pick and shutting that Shea Weber deal. Like I think that's a great move for Montreal. It makes all the sense in the world. I just don't understand why the league let it happen at the end of the day. That's it. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Vegas is just pushing all of the boundaries. I don't I don't understand why this is allowed. You know what? Vegas and Arizona are like polar opposites of breaking the same rule. <laughs> and uh, and they're both the pet projects of Batman. So we'll see how that plays out. I think they're you kind know, of testing that. So you they know, know that is? He, he has everything behind them. <laughs> You know what is in the spirit of the game, Johnny? Well, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, all right? <laughs> <laughs> or, sorry, what happens in Vegas stays in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
What happens in Anaheim doesn't make it to Anaheim. Maybe uh, he just hates Disneyland. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Disneyland's <laughs> in Anaheim. Like it is. It is. <laughs> I was. I just saw that on the map when I looked up where that is. Yeah. Um. So this kind of brings me to a fun little trivia game. We can close this out with. We'll do a short one because it is getting late. It's after midnight now. Uh, Shea Weber made me think about who is probably the highest paid player with the least amount of games played in the NHL. Highest paid player, least amount of games played. Yeah. It has to be someone that's injured, I would think. Yeah, so who who do you think signed the biggest contract and fulfilled the least of it? Biggest contract and filled the least of it. Mm. Beats me. I'm not good with these name games, but uh, fa- like, <laughs> fan- if Fanless was here, she would have already, like before you said the question, she would have known. <laughs> So some some top ones would probably be like your Nathan Hortons. Um, oh, we're talking about history too. I thought we we're talking about this year. I've oh no no no! I'm saying I'm saying guys like recently, or at least that we can remember, who signed huge deals that that did not play a lot of them, right? So, um, so like like I said, like your Nathan Hortons, your uh, your Shea Weber's are up there, but I mean the one that takes the cake has got to be Rick DiPietro who only played a total of uh, 319 NHL games and uh, made a total of, uh, what was that, 15 years? Yeah, $67.5 million plus the buyout. So uh, it's even more than that. And I think they're still paying him or it, they are, but it like doesn't count against the cap or anything. I don't know. It's it's ridiculous, but What's that's got to be the like, winner. If you had to ask me who the goaltender was for the Islanders, like I just always think it's Di Pietro, even though I know I'm pretty sure like isn't like I, I keep wanting to call him Seaman, but I know it's, it's Semyon or Val, Varla, Varlamov, isn't it? Is he he's the goaltender there, right? Yeah, Seaman. Uh, Seaman Varlamov. Var, uh, var, <laughs> Seaman Vasilevsky. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. He pro- he's probably listening. No, he's not. But he's probably listening. Like. <laughs> Fucking god damn it, make fun of my name. You got one star, and it's just gonna be his burner account. <laughs> uh, I miss coming up with the, the ways to say Darty Burner different ways. I'm gonna start that again next show. I'm gonna come up with a little fun way to say your name. So, um, I know you've been doing some crazy th- just to talk, talk about what goes on behind the scenes. I know you've been doing some crazy things on Fiverr, and I'm not gonna spill any beans, but what I'm gonna say is like. I did you one better and I just requested something randomly on um, Twitter and I had, and I had a Twitter, like some guy whose account is I draw your picture poorly. That's it. Oh, I, I was, love that. And I was I like, I saw your photo. Yeah. And he's like, you know, like it's not my picture. It's obviously a picture of Martin Brodeur from his, you know, his draft day where he's got the cheeky grin and the, you know, the soldier haircut or whatever, the classic nineties yeah. flat top. But uh, I was like, Hey, draw my picture crappy. And I didn't expect him to do it. And he did. And like, I've used that for everything now. Like, honestly, like I might turn like, if I could turn that into an NFT, like I would, like, (laughs) I know I don't own the rights to the picture, but I don't think, I don't think he's going to, if he comes after me for that, that'd be the greatest like scandal in the NFT history. Right. Like, (laughs) well, I think what he's doing is kind of like a a tongue in cheek, like joke about NFTs. Cause it's like, you know, he's making all these one-off, pieces of art that's like yeah you can make this your profile picture it's like i don't give a shit though (laughs) (laughs) i drew it in four seconds here you go 
but it's almost Picasso-esque at that point. Like I said, I was looking at it. I was like, I kind of like, I like it. Like I'm, I have it as my Instagram photo now. I have it as the Twitter photo. It's kind of fucking scary looking, but. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. But I at least it. then like Martin Broder can't come after me and be like, hey, you son of a gun. You are using my picture, my likeness. You're not paying me. I don't know if he's that French or not. I've, I, he's actually not. I've heard him in the. I've heard him in the uh, Enterprise commercials, but <laughs> playing in New Jersey for that long yeah. keeps you uh, that French. Uh, but no, you did. You did tease it a bit. We got some uh, some new stuff we commissioned coming. Uh, some artwork. Some, uh, some new pictures. New, new logo. New banner. New, uh, <laughs> we're trying to make ourselves look a little bit more official you know like you know we're... <laughs> i just dropped something off my wall and i hope i didn't wake everyone up a little asmr for y'all uh but yeah so fun things coming uh hopefully we can get more of the team back we miss you steph if uh you even listen to the show Ugh, where'd you go and you know what i feel like and I know I'm doing this live, so I'm definitely putting you on the spot. But uh, there's people that obviously listen to the show. It's not just us talking into, um, you know, an empty room, which is what I thought when we started doing this. I thought, you know what, this will take forever for us to uh, actually get a fan base. But now we've got, I've got, I've got enemies. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> this is high thought. school all over again. You know, I'm getting thrown into a locker on Twitter sometimes. But uh, I was gonna say, like, anybody listening to the show, like, I feel like if you really have something to say, like, that's not, you know. That's not gonna scare people live on uh, like you know definitely bug us because like I'm sure like you know it's just two of us right now but uh, I feel like uh, we brought people on the show before like you know we are we too, we're not too afraid of bringing on interesting characters right like <laughs> so just of course and speaking of just a shout out before we uh, sign off here just to plug another show our uh, friend of the show Marty Zilstra aka Run It Back aka TML Fan and Van. Um, AKA John Tavares is underrated. AKA can't believe it's not bunting. Um, I'm, I can't remember the other ones. There was definitely another one. The man with many names. He's like, uh, yeah. Anyway, he has another, po- he's, he's starting his own podcast. Good for him. He's got his own show. It's called sports is fun. Yeah. He's going to down all kinds yay. of sports because sports are fun, but sports is fun. Hosted by Marty Zilstra. Get it on, uh, on all the platforms. Listen to his, his song, uh, Rattle the Glass, all right? It's actually a pretty good song. <laughs> it is. And um, I've got some of his merch, which is also awesome. I mean, check out all the stuff. We and he was featured by uh, pretty much, what's his name? Uh, I was going to say, I keep saying Fridge, but it was Merrick. He was featured by Jeff Merrick. Jeff Merrick, who is like basically becoming uh, Stuart McLean, rest in peace, because he's just finding, you know, random Canadian artists to play at the end of his shows. And I just think that's like, that's a really nice little thing. It's not like he's not always finding popular music per se. He's finding like, uh, like I find something like he plays something like uh, very jazz based the last uh, 32 thoughts. I was like, that's all right. I can get into that. I find it funny that they tried to put George Strombolopoulos on hockey night in Canada and it didn't work. But then Jeff Merrick starts to do George Strombolopoulos's job and everyone's fine with it. Strombo. Whatever happened to Strombo? I actually, it's funny you brought that up because I was just, you know, because because of what's going on, I know we're going on over time now, but because of what's going on with Hockey Night in Canada and some people are saying um, Ron McLean's gone or he's toast or whatever. Like, I didn't, I completely forgot that like Strombo was running Hockey Night in Canada at some point, right? Like, yeah. And I think like it would have worked. It was just a little unfortunately ahead of the times for a bunch of like middle-aged hockey dads to accept 
him as the host of Hockey Night in Canada just to get kind of real for a sec. Like, I think had it happened now, it would be totally fine. But I think, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was, I think it was just a little bit uh, shocking to the older crowd of Hockey Night in Canada, like having just moved away from, like, you know, it's Don Cherry's crowd, right? And they just pull him off and they put Strombo in front of everybody. I think it was a little... Yeah. Well, let's say, I guess that's a good way to like find a good strong point to end this is that like I've been watching the hometown hockey and it's like it's cute, but it is boring, right? Like it's not it's not Smackdown versus Raw. You know, it's 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 <laughs> it's it's like you're, you're watching all these other sports where they they're struggling to make it entertaining. And uh, like Hockey Night in Canada is just accepting mediocrity at this point. It's 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 I like the hometown hockey. I, I do like the idea of it, but they need like, if they want to get younger kids to watch it, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be less Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer and more like, you know, let's get pumped up for a freaking hockey game. Like I'm, so, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but it's just, it's too boring. Like I, I, as like the old man that I'm becoming, I do enjoy watching a nice quiet hockey game on a Monday. Right. Like, you know, the hometown hockey theme is very, it's, everything's very like gets you at peace. You know, there's no, there's no real fight or flight in it. Like the hockey that you're watching is very intense, but like the actual show surrounding it is not like, it's very like, here, I'm Ron McLean and I'm going to take you to some backwards ass town in, uh, you know, Nova Scotia where they have one hockey rink. And, uh, you know, we got five kids here who, you know, one of them's got just lost his tooth and uh, they're going to support the local town. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's like, it's just like a very yeah. feel good story, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like when people say they want stories behind players and stories on the game, they're not talking about hearing about how their grandfather landed in Moncton after the war and, you know, their their parents were... It's like, it's just, like you said, it's the same old thing every time. And, you know, as interesting as some people's family stories are and, you know, it's heartfelt stuff, I don't want to be, like, emotional and, you know, f- on these fields and then it's be- and then it's like, okay, now the Leafs are playing. Oh, I'm, that's already enough emotion for me, like... That when we talk about stories, we want to hear like, you know, what are the rivalries between players going into this game? What happened last time they played? You know, like, let's see clips from that and talk about, you know, how they're going to approach things tonight. Like, build something up. Look, like, talk about what people should look for in tonight's game and not, like, things that really, once the puck drops, I completely forget about because they don't matter. And not that's that they, like... Not that your family and your story doesn't matter, but literally, once the puck drops, I forget about it. I said, it's just too, it's too cute. You know what I mean? It's too, it's too cutesy wootsy, you know, like it's, and said like, there's a place for it. There definitely is, but it's exactly, you know, it's, it, I, I can't see the kids enjoying it. You know what I mean? I can't see the teenagers. can't see the, you know, the preteens like enjoying that part of it. Like they want to see, like, they do want to see SmackDown versus raw. They want intensity. They want like, <laughs> they want something to pump them up before a game. Right. Cause like, you know, if you're watching a basketball game, like everything, everything's everything's cool like basketball is cool right now and they're they're probably they're probably at their peak like they have to watch what they do now too because like they could start climbing you know I, this is not i don't think this is like the most watched nba finals is it not like i again like i don't know but it's i feel like there was a lot of um <clears throat> like this especially because of covid like there's a lot of uh ways that all the leagues are suffering right so every, you know if you're doing really well right now you want to keep doing it but like the nhl like we really have to focus on um you know making this product more interesting and it's not just fights you know those are interesting but like actually making the product surrounding the product interesting so that like 
you know, you're always thinking about hockey, right? Because I'm always thinking about basketball through through TikTok, through hip hop, through, you know, through any other media elements, right? Like, it's all there, like, you know, this, but with hockey, it's not, it's not, it's not outside of the game, you know what I mean? And that's where they need to focus on, on putting a lot of the, you know, the advertising, the products. Yeah, they've missed the mark over the last 20 years and really ingraining themselves in, in culture, whether it's just Canadian or all of North America. I mean, the States, it's been it's been hard to really get it outside of the hardcore fans. Like, I mean, here you can have some passive people that'll tune in once the playoffs start and bandwagon people, which is totally okay. It all helps grow the game. But I think the level of, of uh, dedicated fans um, is really what keeps the NHL going. And that's, that's kind of always been how it is. And they'll double down and get, you know, more and more money out of the people that are already invested in the game instead of expanding to new people. And I think that's been their, their biggest downfall. So. And I'm not, I'm not out here saying bring grapes back. All right. Cause I, you know, like we don't need any more old people. I, we need, we need the, we need the essence of grapes. We need the essence of Don Cherry back. Cause right now it's like, it's like you got too much, too much salt, not enough pepper. All right. Like, you know, especially cause Ron McLean is still there. It's like we are seeing now yeah. more than ever. Why, why it was Don and Ron and not just Ron. <laughs> right like it's, yeah it's it's weird because his whole thing was like keeping you know the bulldog in check and when you get rid of the bulldog it's just the the like security guard standing there like uh hey thanks thanks arkells <laughs> so yeah so we'll put a put a pin in this it's uh we need to make hockey more not just more fun but we need to make it more interesting all right yeah let us know (laughs) and uh just more accessible you know it's too complicated right now we talk so much about cap and money and escrow and it's just it's too complicated anyway we're not we're not all accountants we're not all like you know cpas all right like like i don't have to keep worrying about cap stuff i want to worry about fun things (laughs) right Uh, anyway send us uh whatever you want us to talk about next week We'll probably be back. I'm done work finally this Thursday, so I can get somewhat back to normal couple shows a week. Um, yeah, stay tuned. Join us on Discord. We have a fun Discord channel going. It's got uh, Leafs, Jays, and Raptors talk and hockey stuff, and we talk about the weather and our pets and things and all different fun channels. Otherwise, uh, that's it. Have a good night. Give your dads, father figures, guardians a hug, all right? It's Father's Day. We love you. Again, it is. Go Leafs, go. Give Poppy a hug, all right? If you see him on the street, (laughs) he might never be led to a Leafs game. but. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And don't forget to check out Marty Zilstra's new show, Sports is Fun. Sports is Fun.